Hello and welcome to the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon, with you once again for our 11th podcast. We have Chad Hesher of Hesher Drywall out of Illinois with us today. Chad is the only person that has done the pilgrimage down to Albuquerque to learn a little bit about Fresco Harmony. And from that, he went back and has sold over 25,000 square feet of Fresco Harmony in his area up in Illinois. He's gotten into plastering and he's worked a lot with Trimtech Specialty Products. Chad Hesher is a fantastic finisher. Feather, you pulled a list out of a hat and it said drywall finisher and you were like, that's what I'm going to be. No, I uh, actually started out, got a bachelor's in psychology. I was going to be uh, a counselor, but just never really uh, panned out. But uh, growing up, uh, one of my best friends, his dad was a finisher, and then he became a finisher, and so did his brother. So I just kind of jumped into it one day, just go help him out. Of course, uh, probably about three or four trips uh, going to work with him, I said I'd never do drywall again, but then yeah love talking drywall with chad hesher the drywall podcast is brought to you by fresco harmony fresco harmony making walls better since 2004 if you'd like to try some fresco harmony for free you can email us at info at frescoharmony.com and simply request a sample pack Without further ado, Chad Hesher of Hesher Drywall on our 11th podcast on the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Chad Hesher, Hesher Drywall in the house. How's it going? Good. How are you? You're going from your truck. Yeah, we uh, working on a basement around my area. <laughs> and don't have any signal down there so i took off and now i'm parked in the ballpark <laughs> oh man thanks for working with me uh on the on the date these things are challenging to nail down yeah it's friday though you you don't need an excuse to get away from the job site right uh, no boss, right? that's right watch. that's right um how are you doing today uh trying to stay cool it, uh a little over 90 degrees with heat index at 105 so okay nice. yep it's toasty down here too for sure for sure um and so what are you working on right now um it's working on some water damage and buddy of mine's basement then uh got a couple big houses we're getting ready to start probably tomorrow so but you don't hang you have people that hang right yeah i got uh, about Two different guys I call for hanging. Yeah, we just finished. Nice. And you have uh, how many employees? Uh, two right now. Two. Do you have the girl still? Yep, she's still there. What's her name? Uh, Megan. Megan. Shout out to Megan. And then we also have, who else we got? Uh, Kenny's the other guy. Kenny. How long, yeah. is, how long has Kenny been with you? Uh, he's been around about four years now four years and did you train kenny from start or megan i think you trained right you're training yeah, her. megan i trained and kenny he's been around drywall for about 25 30 years now so he's uh he's he's, a, your, he's a veteran he's your pro yeah but he's not as good as you right uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> how's megan coming along she was like uh kind of like an apprentice right yeah um she's she's doing pretty good uh she's better on like the hand finishing side i mean i've had her run some boxes and whatnot but uh yeah okay. for the most part we do most of the heavy lifting so it's kind of it's hard for me to get her in the routine of doing things when it's like it's so easy for me and him just to do it but now uh, uh, she yeah. gets 
considering it's dirty right there with us so you have to give her stuff you have to like get get, because it's all practice oh yeah so she's got to, you know, you got to give her some sticks of bead to run. You got to give her like, uh, now, are you guys putting on the corner bead or no? Yeah, we do all that. Uh, so, okay. That's her job. She'll uh, start out a job. We start taping. And uh, a lot of times I'll have both of them on stilts. That way I can just run through the ceilings real quick. And then we're all back on the floor. And okay. Then usually by the time we get back on the floor, me and Kenny will take off on our own and I'll have her go around and start putting on beads and stuff like that. You use so, ta- tape on corner bead? Uh, trim text. We use trim, the jumbo corner for trim, the most part. Trim text jumbo bullnose corner? No, just regular bullnose or regular jumbos. Regular, regular 90 uh, jumbo. Why the jumbo? I, I, I'm not familiar with that. Um, Every once in a while, we do do some commercial, and sometimes when they hang the double five eights, it's easier to get the jumbo to fit the corners. Okay. With the regular trim text beads, even if the hang is just a little bit off, it's easier to have a jumbo to make sure we get the complete coverage. Plus, it's uh, it helps with cracking issues too, having that bigger flange. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So the flange is how much bigger is the jumbo versus the regular? Uh, I will say it's almost twice the size. Okay. That holds everything steady on that corner. Oh, yeah. It's easier to install, too, so. Okay. and But maybe a little bit more expensive, but not enough to uh, matter. Not enough to matter. I mean, you get 10 sticks less in a box, and it's about the same price. But okay. It saves a lot of time and effort, especially when it comes to Say, like, we got a lot of contractors around here that likes to hang their own drywall, and obviously they're a little rough around the edges, so when it comes to putting on corners, sometimes <laughs> struggle a bit to break the corners, but, yeah, it is what it is. Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, how did you get into the trade? Well, what, wait, first, have you heard some of the uh, podcasts yet? I, I asked you this yesterday, but uh, you've heard a couple of them. What's your yep. what's what's your thoughts on the podcast? You like it? Yeah, it's kind of nice here in a kind of different business formats, how people do things different, and then just yep. like daily struggles. I mean, we all got them, so it's just, it's yeah. kind of cool knowing there's more people out there that has the same problems every day. But it's yeah, like, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's cool hearing how different people do it. I, I'm surprised at like. Uh, you know, the people that just do like patching, you know, like, like both of the right. guys from Florida, pretty much they're just like, ah, we just do patching or the dudes that'll do like, yeah, patching versus like, I always just assumed, oh, everybody does residential new construction. Like that's what you do, but not, right. that's not the case. Some people work in the union. Some people run their own business doing new construction. You do a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Uh- do anything well basically from a hole in the wall we would do all the all kinds of patchwork remodels uh mainly new construction and every once in a while we'll dip into some commercial but not too much uh so chad hesher how did you get your start into drywall were you uh are you first generation yep feather uh, you pulled a list out of a hat and it, it said drywall finisher and you're like that's what i'm gonna be no, I uh, actually started out, got a bachelor's in psychology. I was going to be uh, a counselor, but just never really uh, panned out. But uh, growing up, uh, one of my best friends, his dad was a finisher, and then he became a finisher, and so did his brother. So I just kind of jumped into it one day, just to go help him out. And of course, uh, probably about three or four trips uh, going to work with him. I said I'd never do drywall again, but then yeah, you know, 10 years later, I'm starting my own business. <laughs> yeah. But now I got my start through a couple of buddies and uh, yeah, just kind of every once in a while I went and it started growing on me the more I learned. And then finally one day I just uh, got out of the factory work and decided I was going to do this. And uh, how I got out of the factory was buddy of mine. He builds houses. So he made me an offer. And I worked with him for a, uh, decent amount of time i can start coming and going as i please and then little by little got business going and then yeah everybody's happy 
What was the factory job that you had? Uh, it was cabinet factory. It's more like a commercial cabinet for like okay. hospitals, doctors' offices, schools. Okay. And uh, you got your so you got your bachelor's in psychology. Yep. Wow, that's pre- that's pretty impressive. But you didn't want to you didn't want to flesh that out and go be like a psychologist. No, I. Uh, biggest thing with that was mainly in Illinois. I know, but I'm guessing it's probably cross country. Uh, bachelor's of psychology is kind of more of a stepping stone. It gets you to uh, give give you a certain amount of jobs to go for, but. Like what I really want to do is clinical psychology. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to get through college, I was working a full-time job, put myself through college. So I couldn't get all the internships I needed to do. And, you know, just all the little odds and ends to, you know, boost my resume. Yeah. uh, You were ready. You were ready to start making money. Yeah. But so I said, I stuck with the factory work and then got into construction. And well, here I am with drywall and have fun beyond that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so a little background, I met Chad, you, did you call me up and you were like, Hey man, I want to come do a training. And I was like, well, we don't really offer trainings, but you can come down here and hang out with me. And, you know, we're on a big job and, you know, jump on and do a little bit of fresco harmony for a few days. Uh, <laughs> That's and uh, to the to date, you're the only one that's done that. Uh, I've thrown it out there a few times, like you know, and this is a blanket statement too. If anybody ever, you know, in the country wants to come down and work with Fresco Harmony, I'm happy to oblige. Uh, you know, although we don't run a formal training, like maybe I should, I don't know, you know, uh, and then that'll lead into the tra- the trainings that you've done with uh, the plaster stuff, but. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thinking behind traveling from Chicago, from uh, Illinois, all the way down to Albuquerque to train to do Fresco Harmony. I mean, that's a pretty big commitment. Right. Um, what was your thought process there? Um, I do still remember the point in time at work as uh, we were, I was going like seven days a week for about two months. And it's like, I just really needed a break. And I was kind of like, Hey, you know, so never been that far out west never been in new mexico or texas oklahoma and uh my oldest daughter she was actually talking about route 66 which yeah i think not too far from where we we started hits route 66 all the way down to albuquerque so yeah we made like a little two-day trip just running around on route 66 on the way down so it's kind of like a little bit of a mini vacation at the same time still works a little bit but yeah we still had fun when we was working too so yeah, we didn't, you know, we did a little bit of work, but it was more like just, you know, cruising around and, and ta- mostly talking about sales. You know, right. if I if I remember right, that sort of keyed me into the fact that like it doesn't the training doesn't really matter. You can watch YouTube videos, drywall guys are pretty good at it. The big thing is sales. But what's interesting about your story is when you went back to Illinois, you really started to sell it. And um, I'm curious about that. You know, why does Chad, why is Chad Hesher able to sell it in Illinois up in Newton, which is pretty rural versus somebody that's like from the East coast or whatever. That's like, Oh, that doesn't sell here. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. It, it, it really will sell if you're trying to sell it. I mean, you could sell anything if you believe in it and you want to sell um, but you had, you s- sort of had a fire lit when you got back to Illinois, how did you get your first job? And then j- how did you get jobs after that doing, uh, the Fresco Harmony? Uh, first one I done was actually just an accident wall for a friend of mine for, uh, for baby's room. And then okay. their next door neighbors, their next door neighbors came over and seen it. Yeah. Like, okay. Hey, we want some of that too. And then, uh, it kind of snowballed there and it's like one little area where about, I don't know, five or six different people have seen it. And then, you know, some, some called up and said, Hey, let's go ahead and do this. And then they get closer to the time. I'm like, well, maybe not. But then a few others, you know, bid on it and they took off. But, uh, as far as like really selling it for me, it's been more like kind of filling people out when I'm first talking to them. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're kind of closed off and really not open to new ideas. I just kind of like, I mention it. And if they seem like they just like automatically just want to say no, 
it's like I don't push too much. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's like here recently, uh, this lady was doing a, she had a kitchen, dining room, and living room that was all kind of basically the same room, but it had like little partition walls and whatnot. So she wanted an open floor plan, but in order to do that, she had to take all those walls out, which meant all her ceilings just had all kinds of crazy patches all over the place. Yeah. And she was all worried about how it was going to make it look good. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what, let's do some Fresca Harmony. Yeah. It's got a nice little effect to it that kind of almost hides any kind of humps and ceilings, stuff like yep. that. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> and then the next the next thing I told her was, I don't have to say anything. As she, her eyes just lit up. She's like, I'm sold. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, as you know, like you've done a whole house in it. I mean, sometimes, you know, like corners and stuff, you got to buff them out a little bit, but the sanding's pretty, it's pretty minimal. If you're, if you're laying it out there pretty good and for that ceiling, like you're talking about where you've got a bunch of patching and maybe some new drywall and existing textured ceiling. Yeah. It just like, you know, it's amazing how much just two coats will cover, you know? Um, so, so that's pretty interesting. So Chad was having some success with Fresco Harmony. You're diversifying a little bit. And then I think you had an opportunity to do a job in the, the product out of uh, California. What's that stuff called? Starts with a P. Yeah, the company's called Portola. And, uh, I had a big house out here on, on a lake that this lady had some of their sample jars of what's called Roman clay. Okay. It's kind of a thicker, I almost say it's like consistency of a real thick paint. Okay. I guess it's more of a plaster type product. Okay. But uh, it has a similar look to Fresco Harmony. Uh huh. But uh, no, I, she wanted me to try it out because she wanted to do that. So I got sample jars from her and I played with a little bit, watched a few of their videos and kind of took off from there and then of course i post all the pictures of the i call all the fun stuff you know like fresco portola and even plaster yeah but, uh, a few other people seen it and wanted it i actually done a massive like 18 by 60 foot wall with it yeah that was that was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah is now, it I'm now sure. is that is that stuff challenging to uh maybe disguise the break lines on a large wall like that um, not really. I mean, if you let it dry completely, obviously it will. But I mean, it's not bad. Like, say, plaster is where you really got to keep moving to keep the wet edge. Okay. Unless, like, there's a couple times where I'd take off and go do something real quick. I would kind of like feather out my edges, and then when I come back, I'd kind of wet them down a little bit more and take off again. Okay. Help, which it, I had pretty good success with it, so. That's cool. You can that's how to do it, but it worked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these products, you just have to use them and, um, you know, see how they see how they operate, see how they work. Yeah, and then kind of going back to what you talked about the fresco and on the corner beads. Yeah, I know. Last couple couple uh, jobs I done with fresco where I had corner beads instead of like sanding off the noses of the beads, I would just take my finger and kind of curl around the edge and. Just, kind of smooth it out that way and it kind of leaves it kind of bumpy but at the same time it's smooth but you don't have the little jagged edges and at the same time it gives that that little rustic old world look to it too so yeah we i'll i'll like scrape them down we'll leave them kind of heavy but not too too heavy because if they're too heavy then they'll chip off uh right. you leave them heavy but not like you know just kind of over overfilled and then we'll come back and scrape them and then kind of sand them with my hand or my glove. And then when you seal, you can rub in that sealer with like your thumb. And then that makes, yeah, you kind of, I've, I've found it better to round off the square corner. You know, it doesn't have to be like super sharp, better to round it off a little bit. So then, so Porto, Portola was number your second uh, system that you worked with. And then recently you went down to uh, Colorado for a training. Uh, yeah, Frederick Merlin. Say that again. Frederick Maryland. Maryland. Frederick yep. Maryland. And what was the name of the training? That uh, Ron Lehman does it. It's called the Faux School. 
but uh, he done like a little bit of training with paints and glazes, and then we done a little bit of Venetian plaster, um, some wood draining techniques. It was, it was a lot of cool stuff. I mean, some stuff I thought I could never could do, and like 45 minutes later, I was doing it. So, but, hey, it's yeah. kind of nice. You know? How- kind of forces you to open up your creativity a little bit more too so did you do some any marbling like did you do some like marbling techniques uh yeah we kind of touched on the basis of it but we didn't get too far into it because it was a more of a beginner's course but okay got the got the general idea of it so i mean it's one of those things where i can kind of play with it when i get a little more comfortable with certain types of plasters that i'm working with how did you find out about this course in maryland um I was just kind of running through YouTube one night, just watching videos on this and that. Just kind of got bored and tired of watching TV. So I was like, yeah, just watch a couple of videos. And I come across one of Ron's videos. And then uh, he was talking about the post school. So I was like, all right, well, I'll check this out and see what the website looks like. And I noticed there was training courses. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I could sit here and spend a bunch of money trying to figure out how to, you know, use plaster and how to come up with all these different designs that they don't make you've seen some of the crazy stuff they can do with it. I was like, how do they do that? I want to know how to do that. Yeah. So I ended up just saying, screw it. I'll just pay the little extra coin and go out there and work with Ron. And he seems like he's a pretty, uh, pretty knowledgeable of what he does. I, uh, if I remember right, he's a third generation painter plaster. So, okay. He's got a lot of knowledge. So. Nice. Nice. And so what was your, what was your favorite medium or material that you used while you were at his course? I would say it's uh, probably the Griseo, which it's the uh, the plaster that's really shiny. Yeah. I mean, you got to really burnish it and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that was, uh, to me, that was like my little achievement there. Yeah. That was one of the things I really wanted to learn how to do. And then it's, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's not very hard either it's just sure. once you get the timing down on the uh the burnishing on the on the last coat to get it to really shine that's when when you get that that's when it's just like wow i just done that it, was like, it looked i mean it was just kind of cool how like, you could just do that with almost like mud <laughs> it's, yeah it's kind of what it is still got the same consistency as mud okay and you're pretty yeah. close to john zulke like he's uh pretty he's he's pretty good with that plaster stuff especially that shiny stuff yeah, he's uh he's about six hours north of me, and we're actually talking about getting together some weekend, and uh, he's going to teach me how to do some more of the creative stuff. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, can you take some? Do do you foresee yourself incorporating some of those plaster techniques into the with the fresco harmony techniques? Is uh, that po- is that possible? I've actually like toyed with it beforehand and like here recently i've tried to get back into playing around with uh some of the sand textures the aggregate yeah and i want to I do some more like layering of colors with the plaster and then i've even started thinking about maybe mixing a little bit of the griseo with the uh fresco yeah but then also trying to do you know like plaster finishes with fresco because I think a lot with the aggregate, you could do a lot more with maybe even layering the colors. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people, man, there's no rules. And I'm asking because like, I don't have a lot of formal education in plaster. So it's curious to me. I've had people in Texas and other people set, tell me that, Oh, you can burnish Fresco Harmony. Uh, you know, and I, there's even a, there's a job in Santa Fe, that another company did where I Jack and I went up there and we saw these walls. They look just like Venetian plaster and it's fresco harmony. And we, for the life of us, both of us have no clue what they did. <laughs> like, you know, they just bought the product and probably did it the way they do plaster. And it looks, you know, uniform and it's got like that kind of burnish sort of feel. It's almost like they used Ocon and they like, you know, troweled it out. But, uh, uh, very neat still nonetheless it's like oh that's cool like there's no you know that there's no rules and it's interesting to me like as you gather these uh these techniques you know what what's possible from you know from even using the even using the fresco harmony sealers with the plaster 
or the Portillo or Portola, you know, versus using those techniques with the fresco harmony. They all seem interchangeable, you know. Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, the Roman clay from Portola, they actually uh, have a similar sealer to yours. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, I want to say runnier, I guess you'd say. Okay. It's, it's really thin consistency. It's like you put it on your, say, like a knife or a trowel, you kind of turn it sideways, it'll always start running off. Yeah. It's like, I don't really like working with something that's that, I don't know, thin, I guess you'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, when I was still on that big wall, I'm just, I use some of the Fresco Harmony sealer yeah. instead. It's yeah. so much easier. Yeah, the Fresco Harmony sealer you could use with any plaster. And even like, you know, American Clay and some of these other products that are more porous, you could certainly use our clear coat, man. I, and and I've, I've played with a lot of different clear coats. I really like our clear coat. I think it's oh. – I, I like how thick it is and, you know, the way it goes on. Like, I think it's it's nice. Um, you know, I'm biased, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do like that high viscosity, you know, I think oh, it's yeah. cool. I mean, it's easier spread and it's not running all over the wall on you. Yeah. Like yeah. Now we, I've just played around with a floor sealer. We did, I did a fancy floor and we use this, it's like a urethane water-based urethane two part. And, uh, it's really runny. But you can do two coats of the Fresco Harmony uh, sealer, and then you can spray it on and trowel it off, and it makes the wall a hundred percent waterproof and oilproof. Like, like, and it doesn't leave the bumpiness like the epoxy. I was playing around with epoxy, but this stuff's really cool. But um, you know, we I, I don't sell it, but uh, you know, it's a, just another product that I that I put on over the top of ours goes really far and uh just gives it like you know i wouldn't do a shower but you could do like a kitchen backsplash or bathroom backsplashes things like that yeah, you might get away with a shower if you use like a concrete impregnator or something like that somebody was just telling me about a micro cementaceous product that they use in showers because i've gotten uh i've gotten a couple of requests for showers and i'm just like ah, i don't do that I've got enough on my plate, you know, I mean, right. if we, I, I don't really have the bandwidth to take on, you know, learning a new product and doing that in people's homes. Um, you know, I have better margins with the fresco and just with the podcasting and all that other stuff, you know, uh, it's a lot to learn, but I I'm curious about these other techniques. Um, oh, yeah. so the, so the plaster that you were using at this class, what was the name of it? See, we used two different types. One was the Griseo, which was the shinier stuff. And then another one was uh, kind of like a satin version, I guess you could say, called Berlina. Right. So what's what does the future hold for uh, for Chad Hesher? Lots and lots of work. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, well, obviously, short term is still going to be mainly just drywall finishing, but I'm hoping within the next couple of years or so, it's just more specialty finishes doing like fresco, portola, and Venetian plaster, but yep. just uh, got to keep grinding at it and hopefully hit a home show this year and get it out there a little bit more to more contractors, maybe designers, and uh, just uh, hopefully start doing more stuff in color. You are doing a home show this year? I'm hoping to. Where are you going to do the home show? It would be in uh, Effingham, Illinois. It's about three and a half hours south of Chicago. Okay. A, I won't say it's a big town, but it's a, there's a lot of business that goes through here as far as construction. I mean, we can just, there's a whole group of us. We just stay busy pretty much all year long. Just, this is one little county, one little area here. Yeah. So it's like, we're on the, we're on the road half an hour every day, one way. I mean, we don't, I really don't work close to home at all anymore. Right. Right. So you're, you're rural enough that you have to travel quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, for the most part, it's about half hour, 45 minutes. This is most, that's pretty much like a daily is half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. I kind of, I kind of like to drive time. You know, it's uh, my own little sanctuary, just being the road and the radio. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. Um, I don't mind, I don't mind driving around a little bit, although we get, we get kind of cranky when we have to go up to Santa Fe. That's an hour, you know, one way, but that's kind of pushing it. But uh, you know, it's not, it's not too, too big a deal, but yeah, if we can work in Albuquerque, you know, Albuquerque, you can get anywhere in 25 minutes. It's kind of nice. We're, we're spoiled here a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so are you going to do any more uh, trainings in the future for, uh, do you see yourself doing any more kind of, I know there's a training down in Florida. Um, I don't know. Uh, right now I'm just kind of letting everything sink in when I've already kind of picked up from, uh, Ron Lehman out there and then kind of just toy around with it. Just, I got a lot of ideas in my head. I got a bunch of pictures i've taken with just like inspirations like just trying to come up with some kind of different designs i mean i always try to be different i mean yeah i see somebody do something cool it's like okay i want to do something cool like that but it's like i don't want to copy them i just want my own thing or just like some just harebrained idea which i've got a couple happy accidents that's actually made me some money but it's just uh i'm having fun with it for right now but yeah like i said earlier me and john zolke was talking about maybe getting together here in the fall and uh him show me how to do a little bit more and us just kind of playing around with it, having fun with it, kind of see where that goes. I think yep. that'd be a lot of fun. We might have a training at Trimtex coming up. So I talked to those guys and we are looking at like the first week in October. I haven't nailed down All a right. date. I haven't nailed down a date yet, but that would be kind of cool. It'd be cool. Yeah. To, it'd be cool to even find like a, uh, like a location outside of trim techs where we could do like a day training like that'd be sweet you know we could do it at trim techs but they're limiting sort of you know they're limiting the the because they want to do like trim techs training as well at the facility um but you know i'll keep everybody posted on my on my uh social media accounts about that that should be neat right um yeah, but it'd be cool to to meet up with you and John somehow, you know. Yeah, well, uh, well I've heard you and uh, Joe talk about that on his podcast, Koenig. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, that's kind of cool. Is I get up there and uh, hang out with Trimtex guys. I mean, I definitely like when you guys were talking about the decorative beads and stuff like that. I was like, that was sitting close to home because me and uh, another buddy of mine. He's he's got a quite a bit bigger crew than me, but he's another drywall guy. Okay. Him and I used to do a lot of the crown molding and the step pools and niche beats. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a, a smaller community around here trying to raise money for a community center. And uh, one of my contractors, all he does is build spec houses. So okay. We actually build a house to raffle off. Okay. And uh, one, of, one of his ideas was for me and uh, my buddy to come in there and just go to town on a. We designed a copper ceiling with uh, niche beads and the crown molding, which turned out was. That's great. I, mean, I still like looking at the picture today. And this is like a year and a half. Ago. I was like, it's, it still amazes me. But uh, yeah. yeah, we had some uh, steppables in there for the regular corners. And yeah, we're just doing some fun stuff with some soffits and trays. But kind of miss working with that stuff now. Is that's uh, it was just fun. And it just, yeah, it kind of broke the monotony and just a regular grind to drywall every day. It's like white mud, uh, yeah. 90 degree corners, sand, go home. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, Joe was not joking when he talked about shipping the shipping costs. I sent those uh I sent that corner bead to uh John. Um he was looking for some step corner bead arch, which is really unique. And I ha- I happen to have like five sticks kicking around here in my studio because it's <laughs> it's weird stuff when you know the flex the flex step able. And uh, I sent him five sticks and it was like 200 and some dollars to, you know, because of the the length. I I had no idea uh, that it was that that it was that expensive. And so that makes sense that like Joe was like, we can't, you know, we don't the, the, the shipping is so expensive that it's challenging for them to get that product to, you know, unless somebody's buying a bunch of it. But they said they would make it. Um, you know, if there was a large enough order, you could still sell it and do a whole house and step a bowl and they'd make it for you. You know, if you're ordering a few cases, yeah, but, uh, maybe talk to him about that. My buddy and I like, well, we run the same problem with, uh, 
ordering 10 text beats down here. Uh, we got one dealer that's real close to us. The rest of them are like an hour or more away. But we're about the only two, maybe three drywall guys that use trim text, you know, just for everything as far as corner beats and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, they said the same thing at this lumber yard was in order for them to say, if I need four cases of regular jumbo corners, you know, I need like an $800 to $1,000 order to basically for them to kind of eat the shipping cost. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to charge me a little extra on shipping. So yeah. basically what Scott and I do, we get together and we'll order like two or $3,000 worth of trip yeah. tech stuff all at once. That way it makes their shipping costs go down and it's yep. easier for them to, you know, justify, I guess, the shipping. Yeah. Yep. They don't carry a whole lot. It's just pretty much they'll call one or both of us up and say, hey, we want to do a trim text order. What do you guys want? So that's funny. I have a case of uh, I have a case of uh, chamfer and a case of uh, outside reveal bead in my garage, just because I thought it was cool. I was going to show it to this one person that was building a house, and you know, if I was a, if I ran a drywall company, I would probably push it a lot harder, you know. But uh, I just think it's cool stuff to have around um, and to kind of show yeah. off. It'd be cool to do in my own house sometime. It'd be a lot of work to change change out all the corner bead, but it'd be cool. Oh yeah, you gotta start cutting the drywall back. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, it's it's hard enough just changing the Fresco Harmony colors, you know, in my house. But uh, that would be cool. We could do a uh, we could do a training um, or a quick visit to how far is John Zulke from uh, Chicago? guessing probably about three hours see we could, could do it could, could be wrong but i know he's decently close he's got a showroom uh we could do like a training at his showroom like that'd be kind of cool yeah that'd be something to talk to him about he's got a lot, a lot of cool stuff to show off i uh, he's got a lot enjoy, of uh, seeing his post because he's uh getting more and more creative as he's going along it's like yeah i'm saying man johnny i need to come up there and learn that from me sometime <laughs> Yep. Now, so getting into the, getting into the other systems, I know the products can be more expensive. The systems can be more laborious to put on. Are you finding it more challenging to balance that? uh, Like, like how are sales with the other products? I mean, the premise of Fresco Harmony was affordability for the product and efficiency for the application. I can keep my price low. I can do more square footage that's more appealing and it's easier to sell. Now, are you finding it more challenging to sell something like a shiny wall? You know, what's your approach or do you, do you have an approach to selling the different products that maybe are more expensive? Are you charging one price for everything? How does that work? Um, I haven't really started pushing say like the Roman clay and Venetian plaster too much. It just, uh, you know, some people ask for it just because they see it on like my Facebook page or uh, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Fresco, I usually, you know, like I said, if I, if I feel like a decent buy from a homeowner or maybe like a new contractor, I'll, I'll put it out there. Or if I see where like the other day where it's like, Hey, you know, this would be like the perfect application right here. Yeah. But you Most gotta times. have, you gotta have a price point for that stuff though. I mean, in mind, yeah. if you're, if you're going to sell like, cause you got the beautiful samples you got to show like a, you know, here's a Venetian plaster sample, highly burnished. The, you know, do you have a, like a separate price point? Have you thought about that? Um, I haven't really got that far in the process yet. Okay. Uh, I, haven't done a, I, haven't, I haven't even done a full wall with it yet, which I got one set up at home. I'm getting ready to do here probably, hopefully okay. within the next week or so. Okay. But I just kind of want to see, uh, you know, like time-wise, how it's going to take me at time-wise. And then yeah. kind of go from there. And, you know, I want to get my confidence in what I'm going to sell before I start saying, hey, it's going to cost you like $5 a square foot or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, it, the shiny stuff, it's uh, three thin coats, and then you just got to burnish it and then wax it, yeah. polish it. It's a, it's, a, it's a process, but it's yeah. a, I mean, it is very gorgeous when it's done. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. And and uh, d- durable, I imagine. Oh yeah, uh, when it completely cures, I mean it's it's like almost solid rock. And I did yeah. test it out. I had I had one sample I brought back from Maryland that uh, 
I kind of messed up. I really didn't like it, but I kept it just because it's like, hey, you know, don't, you know, calm down. Don't go too fast. Just take it easy and, you know, just work with the material. But uh, I was sitting there one day thinking, I was like, you know, Ron did say, it's like when the plaster sets up and actually cures fully over several days, it becomes very hard, like, you know, well, it's lime. So it goes back to its original state of solid lime. I was like, okay, so that's going to be pretty hard. I was like, I wonder how it is against, like, say, little kids running around the house with, plastic hammers, you know, beating on the walls. Yeah. I was like, all right. So I took uh, all my six-inch knives. I like getting the little hammer heads on the handles because I'm beating in, like, missed screws or something like that. Yeah. So I took one of those hammer heads, and I put the sample up against the wall, and I was sitting there just kind of beating on it. And, I mean, I wouldn't like being rough with it, but at the same time, it wouldn't be an easy. I mean, every once in a while, I get, like, a little nick or a dent. I mean, I had to really look for it, too. So, I mean, it was, it's kind of hard to really damage. Okay. But, I mean, I mean, Obviously, if you're going to damage it, like put a hole in the wall, somebody's get hurt. <laughs> it's yeah. it's going to take a lot to really blemish it. Yeah, but it's and then maybe maybe more challenging to patch. Um, I'm sure it could be. Uh, I was I've been told by a couple of different people and even some of the YouTube videos that it's simple patches. But I mean, it's just kind of like anything else. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just gotta learn how to do it and, you know just yeah just fresco's I mean, fresco's easy to patch too until you like you know have one that challenges you i all the i tell clients like all these systems are a nightmare to patch like you know fresco's easy the the less i guess like movement that you get the easier they are to patch you know because right. you know the more muted the finish is the more you're gonna get uh you're gonna get better patching the more you work on a f- surface, the more layers you get, the more difficult it becomes to patch. Right. And that's my, that's my take on it. But, uh, very cool. Very cool. What else? Where else? Are, what, where else are we going with Hesher drywall? So you, you have, you have, a. you're waiting a little bit, you're vetting these processes and then maybe you'll have like a, sheet that you can pull up for clients and be like, Hey, we're charging X amount for this stuff, X amount for this stuff. Here's your, you know, or would you have a blanket charge that you charge or. I think one thing I do want to do for sure is like a, uh, I heard, I think you and I think Daniel Osborne talk about it. And it's something that really nobody around here does. And me and the, uh, uh, my buddy, Scott, he's another drywaller. He, uh, we've been talking about this a lot, just doing like, a minimum charge for yeah. like even a patch or whatever. But was, I think obviously with specialty finishers, I have to have like a minimum charge. I can't just walk in somebody's house and they're like, Oh, you charge by a square foot. Well, I got eight foot, yep. and eight foot wall. And it's like, obviously if you do 64 square foot by square footage, you're not making any money. Yeah. So I mean, you just gotta and, have and don't have a square footage price too. It's like, I'm three fifty a square yeah. foot. We're $1,200 minimum. You can do an accent wall if you want. You've got X amount of footage here. I'm not going to tell the client that here, you know, I just looked at a job uh, this week where they, they did Fresco Harmony. The um, they did it with through elite drywall here in Albuquerque, but it was a a builder that's used me, but uh, the powder room, she wanted a different color. Super simple, man. I mean, there are higher ceilings, but three walls in a, in a very small powder room. And I'm like, well, we have a 12, we have a $1,200 minimum. She wants to change the color. I was like, I wish, you know, I wish that wasn't the case. My hands are tied, you know, but I don't want, I don't want to drive out there. It's 30 minutes out to Placidus, you know, uh, I'm going to have to drive out there at least two or th- probably three times, you know, for each coat. Um, you know, if Jack's doing it, I'm going to pay him four or 500 bucks to do the work. I got to have a profit margin built into that. Otherwise it's not, it's just not worth it for me. You know, I'd rather spend time doing other things. And, uh, it was expensive to her, but she accepted it. And, you know, I, I mean, they, people kind of will get it. It's like, there isn't a bunch of people out there that do this. So You know, like you were saying on another podcast, like, well, if you're going to pay $15,000 for a marble countertop, yeah, you know, why not splurge on the walls that everybody sees? And, yep. You know, it's all around. Likewise, I have another client who was, uh, he, we did a fireplace, took about six hours. We did the fancy um, resistant uh, finish on the Bonco to make it stronger. 
um, that one was twelve hundred bucks. He was a little perturbed about how much it costs, and we had a whole conversation about it the second time because he was like. I want the pantry wall done and I want these two Nichos done. And the Nichos have like a faux brick that I have to do a preliminary coat of quick set. And I was like, well, those are the minimum bid as well. He was like 500 bucks. And I was like, no, dude. (laughs) And and I sent him an estimate and I was like, I'll do it for 950. You already paid the 1200. Like I will give you a $250 uh, discount on this on the next phase and right. i show and and i sent him the estimate didn't hear from him that was like three months ago he texted me hey i'm ready for that pantry wall i get out there he's like 500 bucks i'm like no dude <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you kind of you know part of me wanted to but like but like we can't Cause we have to set that standard. And I, right. I went into explaining to him, dude, you are paying for 17 years of knowledge. You can't just open up the phone book. Not only am, not only am I doing something that's super unique, I'm showing up, I'm licensed. I'm not an idiot and I'm worth it. Like those are all like, you know, you're a good drywall finisher. You're, you run a company you know, you show up, you do what you say you're going to do. That is valuable. You're not some hack, you know, that's worth twice. You know, if you want to pay 500 bucks, go get some, I'll give you a number. This guy does fresco on the side. He ain't going to do no swirl. And then of course he wants a swirl. He wants custom color. He wants a swirl. And it's like, that is artistic. You know, like we practice to do the swirl. So, that that's how I justify it to myself, you know? And I think it's important for us drywallers to do that. Like, this is like a skilled trade. We spent many years learning how to do this. We need to stop giving this shit away, you know? And I mean, sometimes, uh, I mean, I've seen with some of the calls I've gotten was to go fix other finishers work. Uh, sure. I've had guys that have been drywall finishers for 20, 30, 40 years. And then, homeowners call me up it's like hey can you come fix this guy he, he really messed it up he's he's not talking to me he won't come back it was like we just want to get it painted we want yeah. to finish up it's like you walk in you're like what this guy do he's been doing this stuff for like 20 30 years <laughs> and it's crazy and it's like uh, yeah at one point when i do and I, and I i talked to a new contractor yesterday and he was wanting prices and i was like well here's the thing it's like i can give you like a ballpark square footage price but kind of like back with me and scott always talk about it, it's like every house is different i mean if we had a wide open room, just walls and a big ceiling. Sure. I mean, yeah, it could be 500 sheets, but we can knock that out pretty quick. But now if you go to a 200 sheet house where you get, you know, 50 sticks of corner bead and then you get like all kinds of small rooms. I mean, it just, it's constant work. I mean, you can't just walk in there, string 500 foot of tape in 10 minutes. It's like, now you're spending 10 minutes in yep. a master bathroom or. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they want, they want like the returns on the, all the windows and all the casing is all of a sudden you're the trim right. guy. So you, I mean, know. you really can't do square footage on, you know, custom homes when that's just, everything's always different. I mean, I use it for a guideline, but if I see like, I mean, I really don't have like a set amount of sticks of bead. I look at for like, I don't say, okay, if you got 26 speed, I'll do it for this price. But if it's got 21 or more, then I'm going to do it for that price. It's, I kind of look at cathedral heights. Uh, yeah. Uh, number, you know, again, number of corner beads. I mean, like we had one last summer, we had 400 stick. Wow. So obviously there was a, just a general labor charge on top of the, you know, okay. the material cost. But, yeah. Sometimes I'll do a linear footage charge if there's a lot of, you know, if you're doing like shadow bead, you can yeah, char- char- a, charge a linear footage charge for that. That's where a lot of our uh, beat count got ate up at was we done a, re- a shadow reveal on the uh, <laughs> bottom of the wall to the floor. Yeah. 800 square foot house. I was like, oh my. Anyway, it was, it was great. Yeah. Uh, or do it or do it hourly. Be like, okay, you know, we'll charge you, if, you know, 50 bucks an hour and just kind of give a ballpark of it's going to take X amount of hours you know, this is a generalization, but that that way, at least, you know, you're not losing money on that install. Right. It's actually, that's the same house that uh, Trimtex done an article on us about. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's under their, I think it's their job journals or something like that. I can't remember what the actual tab is. But nice. So yeah. I'll leave a, uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes if I can, uh, if I can find it. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still there. I, that, that was, I was actually surprised by as I, nobody told me they was doing the article. <laughs> it's like it popped up one day. I got a request for, uh, for them to publish an article. I was like, what? And then I was like, well, yeah, okay. It's like, let's see what's going on here. And then it's, they took information off posting and then they asked me a bunch of questions and then they just wrote this big article about this house. And it just, to me, it was, uh, I was pretty excited about it. I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I'm sharing it everywhere. Nice. Like, I'll make it. I'll make a, uh, I'll make a pitch that you get invited to the uh, trainings. I think I talked to their marketing team and they, they want to invite certain people, um, right. you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the, what the uh, criteria or anything like that would be, but it, yeah. would, de- it would definitely be fun. And if yeah, you a lot of invites for stuff like that, they go up like uh, followers and stuff like that on Instagram and social media. Which uh, yeah, I'm a, a very social person. I uh, I don't like videos and pictures of myself, but I don't know, that's just yeah. who I am. Yeah. Uh, as far as social media goes, I've always used that for like Facebook. It's kind of keeping up buddies from college, and then also yeah. just sharing my work. I mean, I don't I don't feel like I need to put myself out there. I'm not selling myself. I'm selling my work. But at the yeah. same time, you got to be a certain type of person run a business i mean you can't just go out there and be like yeah i want to do a drywall in your house and you're gonna give me a big check when i'm done and you gotta be somewhat sociable and uh, yeah i guess it kind of goes back to my psychology degree i can i can i won't say i can read people i don't analyze them i just i just got this little niche where it's like okay well they like to be like in charge of the conversation so you suggest yeah. things and make your idea that it's like okay here we go or yeah, you know, some people they just don't want to talk. They just want to be told what's going to happen, and it's like, okay, we'll see you later. So I mean, yeah. you got different walks of people. You just got to talk to everybody differently. Treat everybody yeah, differently. yeah, that's a skill. Um, Daniel uh, suggested Dale Carnegie. Uh, it's a, fa- a famous book, uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." Um, I've been listening to that on audiobook. It's pretty fantastic. It's all about it's all about that very thing, like. Uh, uh, how to navigate those waters of, you know, having challenging conversations and things like that. It's pretty cool. But, uh, uh, you're, you know, um, what, 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 what is a good way for people to find you on social media? What is your, I mean, you're on Instagram, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you've got a page, you're posting photos and Instagram and stuff. Um, and that's Hesher drywall. What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, it's just Hester Drywall LLC. Okay, and then you've got Facebook page Hester Drywall LLC. Uh, are you have you gotten into the TikTok or YouTube or any of that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess yeah. maybe I should. I guess that's where uh, all the fun is. But I don't know. I just I'm <laughs> more I'm more about hands on and just keeping busy. But yeah, it's work. Do you do LinkedIn at all? Yeah. Or twit or Twitter? Yeah, that is Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. That's I got a enough. TikTok account, but I really don't use it. It's just every once in a while I scroll through and just, just for entertainment, really. Yeah. TikTok's hard. It's, I mean, for me, it's like new and different and it's weird, you know. And it's like you can kind of post whatever. I, I haven't narrowed it down, you know, because the Drywall Podcast now has its own social media of following versus Fresco Harmony. Um, and so you, kind of have to be careful post for both, but like, they're not, they're not, uh, one in the same, you know? Yeah. They're not redone. Yeah. So with the drywall podcast, we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, I wanted to, I want it to be strictly drywall. We obviously talk about Fresco harmony, but it's not, it's not a Fresco harmony podcast. This is like, let's talk about drywall trim. You know, it's fun to talk about what you do, you know, on the side, uh, your plaster training, like all, everything, you know, like pricing and stuff like that. Yep. So what, what does the future hold? You're going to continue to learn about plasters and stuff. Oh yeah. It's uh, definitely interesting. It's uh, obviously, I mean, plaster has been around since what, ancient Roman times or even before. I don't know exactly. But, I mean, there's yeah. definitely a history to it too. And then uh, just like even 
like new age ideas and what people's doing with like micro cement stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah, a, it seems like it's a never ending, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it. Yep. Call it a, <laughs> just got tongue tied there. That's okay. No, it's just like, there's an endless amount of things you can do. It's like your imagination is basically the limit. I mean, whatever you can yeah. think of it, you can do is just, you gotta have the know-how, the talent, the, the drive. And uh, I mean, I got a lot of creativity that's always been there. It's just, I've never really had an outlet for it. And that's kind of where, look like what we was talking about yesterday, like Fresco Harmony was, you know, the opening. It was like uh, the gateway. Yeah. I mean, I got into that. That's what caught my eye was, it's, hey, it's different. It's not just, I'm not pumping mud into a mud box or a flat box and then finishing drywall, sand and going home. It's like, I want to do something different. I want something more, uh, a little more satisfaction to it. Yeah, and and, uh, ch- and challenging. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it's like when I came down there to visit with you and Jack, I, I was kind of struggling with the whole confidence thing. And then when I actually started doing it, I started clicking. And it's like, it's it's kind of like when I was teaching uh, Kenny and Megan how to do it. It's like there's more of a feel for it versus a technique. I mean, it's like, like I sit there and tell you how to do it. It's like, you just got to get a feel for it. And I was like, and this, I still remember what Jack told me. It was like, don't try to make it look neat. Don't try to find a way to do it. Just make it look ugly. And then next thing you know, it'll look great. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. Then, yeah. It's almost like the less you, the less you worry about it, the better it's going to look like oh, yeah. you're, cause you're naturally going to float that mud out nice. Cause you're a drywaller. So you know how to float mud. I think the biggest, the biggest challenge with drywallers is they want to make it too pretty. And the yeah. me- the messier you make your base coat, the more movement you get out of the finish. You know, yeah, uh, we was out there in Maryland, and uh, when we started in with the, uh, we done some paints and glazes first to start out the class, and then we started getting into the plaster and got the trials out. And that's where Ron came over, and he's like, "You're the only drywall guy here." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You're gonna have a rough time with this." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're used to being nice, neat, and clean." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like. Good luck. And as then I started telling him, I was like, no, I was like, I started telling about Fresco Harmony. I was like, yeah, no, I, was like, I can make things look ugly. So I don't, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not ugly. It's like, I can actually like turn off the whole drywall thing where, you know, I don't you have to need to be routine and, you know, do it the same way all the time. I can actually be abstract if I need to be. Yeah. And that's where that actually did work out doing some of the plaster was he actually told me a couple of times I need to slow down because it was just, it was easy for me to do it. But then I was missing parts of the knowledge and you know the technique of how to move the plastic this way and that way and do this that it's not going to go into details but yeah it's uh i was moving too fast sometimes to, because sure. I got used to, i'm used to mud and yeah mud and plaster is just two totally different animals but it's it's almost yep. like the same thing to me. it feels the same but it's just yeah different. yeah um i could see that that was my sort of take on it why are they going so slow that was my you know why don't they use a bigger knife and why don't they go faster? Put that shit on the wall. Like, you know, that like the burnishing. And I remember, I remember the one wall that we did, it took like a long time. It took all four of us, you know, a day to do a ceiling. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is, <laughs> this takes you way too long. Um, but pretty, like so pretty when you get done, like for sure. Yeah. You know? so, uh, that's the biggest thing with like, Fresco, I can sit there and do just massive patches on the wall. It's like, you know, just, you know, as much as I want to spread the mud before it dries up, I mean, I can just keep going and going and going. Where, yeah, yeah. Like the lot of Venetian plaster, you're doing like three foot to four foot by four foot areas where you're just doing spots. I mean, you can, you're still moving around kind of like Fresco where you start the top left and going down to the right with your right handed person. Yeah. You're still trying to make abstract and make puzzle pieces, but at the same time, it's, it's smaller areas. Okay. Where, like a lot of times with fresco, especially on the first coat, and especially on ceilings, I try to get as much up there all at one time. I can. Yeah, <laughs> you can almost like you can almost like roll it yeah. roll it out and use use a big uh, flat edge, a straight edge. You know, like one of those, uh, you know, level five straight edges, <laughs> smooth it out. I mean, you could do it that way if you wanted to, especially with the sand. Because the sand, you know, and and we also get requests for less movement. So you make your base coat, your base coat's more like a skim coat. And then your second coat's more like a skim coat. And you get two really muted layers and you get almost zero movement. And some people like that. You know, they want like. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm starting to see more of that around here with Fresco is uh, 
I always went a little heavier on the first go, so it you know showed a lot of movement, a lot of texture, and it was yeah. still pretty smooth when it was done. But I've noticed that it's more, you know, like you just said, less movement, just more yeah. uniform, layered yeah. look. There's a happy yeah, medium. I, I, I mine's like that too. Yeah, mine's more chill than uh, Jack's. I was telling the guy yesterday, my my fresco is. And, and we get a lot of clients that want it busier. They want that busier look. And so Jack's is a little busier than mine, you know, but our swirls are pretty close now. Our swirls are pretty tight. And then the sand is more, is very muted. So you're basically just putting that on, letting it dry halfway. And then your sealer is knocking it down. And that finish is really fun. It's Jack's favorite finish to do is the, the fine sand. And we had a guy here yesterday that really liked it. Um, they either kind of like that look or they don't. But uh, I had a client, funny story. I had a client that uh, whole house wants it, you know, wants the texture smoothed out. He's doing a bunch of remodel stuff, but he wanted to look at it first to see how it looks. So we looked at two bedrooms and he's like, no, no, no. I want the, you know, I was like, well, I'd probably give you a discounted price on the whole thing. He's like, well, yeah, yeah. But I want the, you know, we, I want to test it out first. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you the discounted price on the two small rooms. I'm like, <laughs> 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 no, if you want to sign the contract for the whole house, I'll give you a discounted price on the two small rooms. But if you just want to see what it looks like, then you pay full price for the two small rooms. Um <laughs> You know, like the, all kinds, man. You know, what kind of deal can you give me? And it's like, I'm not a drywaller. Like, you know, there's not a lot. There's not, you know, get. And it's like, I'll take the Pepsi challenge with another drywall company that's comes in and charges you to float out these walls and paint. My price is going to come in very close to that. And you're going to get Fresco Harmony, you know, so I can't really go down too low on uh, skimming out walls. That's a big deal, you know? So it's like, like I was talking with the lady I just done some of her sellings with is uh, her biggest thing was she didn't want to paint. She uh, was dreading the mess that we was going to be making by flipping the ceilings out. Yeah. We're not going to be saying it if we do Fresco Harmony. And she said, what? I was like, no. I was like, and at the same time, the color's already in it. You don't have to paint either. And she no. was, yeah, she was like, great. She asked Beautiful. me how much. Asked me how much. And uh, she Do didn't it. Have it She's like, done. And it, <laughs> so I'm I, sure I she... I was a little pricey with it because I kind of bumped my price up a little bit from normal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she she went with it. And she's happy. And uh, actually, uh, I knocked off, I will say... Probably about four or five hundred dollars off the original bid, just because it went a lot smoother than what I thought it would. And, and uh, I mean, nice. they were people; they were very helpful on a daily basis. And then, uh, yeah, it didn't take nearly as long as I thought it would. So, well, and you've done enough know. Fresco Harmony that it was probably easier for you to, like, with all those patches on that ceiling, to just blow it out in Fresco Harmony than to mess with sanding, match texturing, all that painting. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it went way faster than level five. Like imagine, you know, she wanted that ceiling level five, like forget about it. Yeah. It's been a longer process, a lot messier process. Uh, just probably by the time she paid us to do what we had to do and then the painters and all that, I mean, she probably been, you know, losing a little bit more money. Yep. And yep. Still had a huge mess in her house. <laughs> Yeah, that sanding dust, do not discredit like how messy that is, man, especially floating out walls. Never goes away, it seems like. Nasty, nasty stuff. Uh, Chad Hesher, Hesher Drywall, Newton, Illinois, in the house. Uh, if there was one gem, a pearl of wisdom that you could bestow upon the drywall community, what would it be? Um what do you want to tell, what do you want to tell the crazy drywallers out there in the world? What can, what, you know, how can we, how can, how can we be better as a trade? Never stop learning. I like I mean, it. Uh, I grew up with a few drywallers and it's like, they knew everything. And then, uh, of course I learned from them. I got out there and I knew everything. And then I got out here and I started working with a few other people and then, Started getting on social media, doing a little networking, meeting up 
with different people from around the country like you and then uh, just yep. even watching some of the people up in Canada it's like man it's like I'm good at what I do but I'm not that good <laughs> I mean it's a uh, it's very humbling and uh, yeah the I guess the biggest thing for me was never stop learning because every single day I keep challenging myself to see how much better and more efficient and you know just making it look even better too I mean it's uh I mean I don't want to stop getting better I don't want to stop learning I mean obviously you know going from just drywall to fresco portola now mm-hmm. plaster and there's lots of work for plastering but uh like another thing too is uh like even like some of the new people it's want to try to get into any kind of trade skills or any kind of anything they need to learn how to do just uh never doubt yourself i mean uh, don't listen to other people who may doubt you just uh if you want to really do something that's that's your passion just go for it i mean uh I had a lot of people tell me it was stupid for me to quit a factory job and start my own business and, and I would never be able to do it. Why am I doing that? It's crazy. And then, well, you know, five years later and yeah, we're well in the six figures revenue every year and then expand a little bit. Uh, I'm not afraid to do some other stuff. That's not drywall. I mean, I've worked in construction for about a year. So I mean, I just all kinds of stuff I can, I can do it otherwise. I mean, window siding, I mean, just, Nice. Keep your minds open. Yeah. Never stop learning. Don't doubt yourself. No other people, you know, second make you second guess yourself either. Just keep pushing. I like it. I like it. Um, well, thanks for being on the Drywall Podcast today. Uh, Chad Hasher, the 11th show on the Drywall Podcast. How exciting. Um, and we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep everybody posted on this Illinois trip coming up. We'll see how that fleshes out. I haven't asked John Zulke yet, but maybe we'll do a training at his facility. He'll find out when we show up, right? With some product and stuff. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun though. And he's probably half the way. Is he, is he in between you and Chicago? Yeah, he's, he's North of Chicago. He's North. Well, of Ch- I don't know exactly the distance from Chicago, but something tells me Chicago's like right in the middle of, Okay. Manitowoc, Manitowoc, something. It would be cool to find a distributor in the, uh, in the Chicago area also. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's something for me to sort out, but I will keep uh, our listeners and you posted on, uh, what's going on with, uh, trim techs. If we can get up there and hang out with those guys and get some cool dudes, you know, people that I can I'd interview. Definitely be, I'd definitely be interested in that. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. Tell your crew we said hi and um, keep drywalling, man. We'll talk soon. All right. We'll see you. All right, Chad. Bye. Special thanks to Chad Hesher of Hesher Drywall for joining us today on the Drywall Podcast. You can find us every Friday uh, on Spotify. You can find us on Podbean and also Apple Podcast. If you're a YouTube person, you can find us also on YouTube and listen to an entire podcast there. If you have a hankering to tell your story on the Drywall Podcast, you can reach out to me personally at info at frescoharmony.com. Today's podcast was brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Fresco Harmony is the first color line for drywall joint compound in the world. Thank you for joining the Drywall Podcast today, our 11th episode with Chad Hesher. Join us next week as we welcome Robert McLaughlin or Rob Mack as he's known on social media. And uh, remember, keep drywalling.